Hi, thanks for coming to my show. My name is Ashley Crane, and today I have with me my show. Rose Terrell. <laughs> it could be our show today. I'll share it. Everything is mine. <clears throat> I have a nicer location, but who doesn't want a Mickey Mouse right? puzzle behind them? So, I mean. And this hat. Catchy introduction here. Editing roads. Good luck. Hello and welcome to the Indie Film Hub podcast and video cast or whatever on YouTube. If you guys want to check it out, we're just sitting in front of the camera, so nothing too exciting, but hopefully maybe we'll get a few views. The thing about this one is we're not going to talk about the stories of everybody that's coming on the show. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I get kind of sick of that. So this one, we're just going to try to focus on tips and tricks for you guys. Today, my guest is Ashley Green. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Uh, this is a good friend of mine, and um, so who better to have on our first episode? We're trying to figure all this out, uh, but I'm pretty sure this is probably the most professional put-together podcast you guys will listen to uh, this week. Um, so, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about how to get started in the film industry. Oh, that's good to know. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's okay. great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we... Got into it various different ways. We have a community that we are connected with, and they all got into it in various different ways. Uh, we could have 50 different people on this podcast talking about how they got into the film industry, but we're not talking about people's personal stories. We're just talking about the practical ways and tips, if you are interested in getting into the film industry, of how to actually do that. So first off, obviously, people would consider school. Right, but there's different kinds of schools. There's not just going to college. There are schools like um, trade school style as well. So we can talk about that. What's the, in your opinion, what's the benefit of going to school? That's a good question. I think it depends on which path you're planning on taking in the industry. Um, if you're taking a very technical path, like you want to be a DP or a sound person or, you know, a gaffer or whatever, and you need to know, um, a lot of you need a lot of hands-on training with equipment that you're not going to have access to for quite a few years because of various reasons mostly being how expensive it is um, then going to school gives you the opportunity to touch and feel and learn um, from really fantastic teachers uh, so that's one route but i think on the other end of the spectrum if you're going the more creative route um, and you want to be a writer or an actor um, i think the benefit there is really meeting people, um, finding mentors to mentor you creatively, um, having the opportunity to try things to write or act um, in an environment where you're going to get feedback, um, but also just making connections. And I think really the biggest thing that I found is just making connections. And that's a great place. School is a great place to do that. I actually have friends who went to the film school I went to who were already filmmakers um, who didn't need to learn any of this. They were literally just there to borrow equipment and, <laughs> and meet filmmakers. And then they came out of that with a whole new group of people that they knew um, and having learned how to touch and feel a lot more equipment than they would have before. So I didn't go to school. I went to, uh, I'm pro learning, but I'm anti-school, if that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, I like trade schools much more than your standard GPA type thing that 
because uh, GPAs are all screwy. Anyways, you pay a lot of money for hands-on and friends. Um, but I have several friends that went through it and it does seem like they got a little bit of a jump start on their career of being able to not having, you know, not knowing what questions to ask and those being presented to them. Um, not having experience with the big gear, it took me like 10 plus years to get my hands on a cinema camera. Don't know why, I just didn't know the best path to get there. Right. Um, or to really learn lighting in the best way. I started with audio, but there's just, there's just so much more to it. And I also feel like nowadays you have to know everything. Like you can't just know just one thing specifically. You don't have to be a pro at everything, but you kind of have to know everything. But yeah, you're paying a lot of money for friends and for hands-on experience. Yeah, and the hands-on experience I think is really important because when you get on set, there are protocols, there are ways that you behave, there are people you talk to, people you don't talk to, not in like a elitist, rude kind of way, but just in a like, there's got to be a chain of command, otherwise you're not gonna have an effective set. Um, and so it's important to learn that in a safe environment where someone is there teaching you. Um, and most of the sets I've been on have been wonderful about like teaching and mentoring. So I'm not saying to, that to scare anyone. Um, I'm just saying it's nice. There's a reason we go to school and it's to learn things in, a, in an environment where we can practice. Um, and so, like we said, the hands-on experience is fantastic, meeting people, making connections. Um, and like you were saying, you know, there's, there's your typical college or university where there's a GPA and you have to take English and math and all of these things. And for some people, that's the right way to go. Um, some people want to take a speech class or take science or whatever. That's important to them and that makes them feel happy to come out with a degree. Um, that's the route I took. I really enjoyed it. If I had to, I would do it all over again. Um, but I know that there are people out there who that's not the right school for them. My brother, um, he went to Full Sail University and you know, people have different feelings about different types of schools, yeah. <laughs> full cell being one of them. But it was the right school for him because it was an, it's an accelerated bachelor's program. He did two classes a month and he came out feeling accomplished. He came out with a bachelor's, he loved it. Um, it was perfect for him. Uh, and then I know people who didn't go to school at all and that's totally fine. So it just really depends on you and how you feel that you're gonna be the most successful. Yeah. I didn't go to school. I don't necessarily think people have to. It's definitely a route that a lot of people took. It took me longer to get where I am. I recognize that in hindsight. But I don't know. I think me having a business degree has helped me more. And mm -hmm. the job I had at college, which was doing sound production or live production, whatever like that, got me a lot more experience into that kind of industry. Um, I just didn't start pursuing film genuinely as much as I should have early on. I didn't get to that until 2018, really. So I think if you really can get, put your head down and learn it and really try to dig in to the community, and I think that's been a really big push for the effort towards being in the film industry outside of school, mm -hmm. is finding that community, that those people that you can you know do a project with or do something narrative versus commercial work. For the longest time, I just called myself a videographer because I was just commercial work. I was not anything else. Uh, but lately, now I'm moving more into the filmmaking world, so I was, okay, maybe I am a filmmaker of some sort. But um, I still haven't called myself a cinematographer or anything like that. But yeah, I had to find my own community and yeah. 
teaching myself on YouTube University. <laughs> and it took Which a is fantastic. Longer. There's like basically an entire filmmaking program on YouTube. It's really incredible. There's so many fantastic videos out there. Um, I teach filmmaking to high school students and there's so many great videos to utilize that sometimes I feel like I'm just sitting back and showing videos, but they're so much yeah. more interesting than any, you know, um, take that out. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's, there's so many YouTubers that actually make a class and right. I don't think you have to buy the classes, but to have it all in one place to cover everything, mm -hmm. especially the business side of it, uh, is helpful. I've done, I've taken a few of those, not the most expensive ones, but the cheaper ones. Uh, and it was helpful to have all the information. A lot of it, you know, I was like, okay, just repeat. I know I've seen the videos about this. Uh, if you are just watching videos about gear, get off of that. Goodness. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> As a filmmaker, you have to be a businessman or a woman and a creative. And we're not always great at both. You know, some people lean more towards the business side, some people lean more towards the creative side. So if you are going to go to school, I would recommend personally picking the side that you need the most help with. If you're a really strong creative, maybe take some business classes. If you're fantastic with business, maybe take some creative classes because you've got to be able to tap into both sides of your brain. It's really difficult and challenging to do, but um, especially if you're not headed straight into Hollywood where you know that you're gonna be able to, to just be a sound engineer and that's all you have to do um, and you're set up, that's fantastic. Um, but I would say that in my experience, most people don't have that experience. Most people come out of college and they end up having to do wedding videos for a while and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to start. It's a great way to learn. Um, it's really important that on a big set that you understand each role and what they're doing and what better way to do that than to do commercial work and know all of those roles. <laughs> I like commercial work. I mean, yeah. You have a predetermined budget. You, you can still have a lot of the similar roles, maybe a little bit more client interest versus your own personal interest as director. But, um, you were saying, or kind of what you were saying earlier is we're not all in LA. So we have right. to find whatever routes to get into it in a different aspect. We're not just surrounded by this network of filmmaking. Uh, so we have to build that up or find it. So we're in Greenville and we're finding that kind of, well, we built our own community with Film Bar Monday or Film Bar Greenville, but it is mostly just commercial work here. There's no big TVs or movies being shot here. There's a few yeah. projects here and there, mostly Charleston, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, mostly Charleston, Charl Charlotte, yeah. Asheville. So we have to find our own way. And so, yeah, if someone's coming into the business, uh, from a, not from college, from a different business or different something, whatever, talk a little bit about that. If they're coming in from? So like the job career change or something like that and they want to get back in, or maybe okay. they did it and then trying to get back into it or something. And yeah, that's a good question. I think, well, first, I would try to find the community in your area. Hopefully there is one. Um, if you live in a large enough area, there should be some sort of filmmakers community. Um, and then study up on what's, what, what's new, what's going on, what are the updates, you know? Um, what are the like trends? And I don't mean that so that you can be trendy. I just mean that so that you're aware of like what's going on um, in the industry at the moment. Um, and then from there, just start making stuff, you know, make a YouTube, make a couple of YouTube videos, um, 
maybe you don't post them, that's okay. You can keep them to yourself, that's fine. But just start doing it um, because the more you do it, the more, the easier it's gonna get. Um, and then eventually when you're in front of a client, you're not like fumbling around and, and oh shoot, I forgot to hit record or oh no, this SD card's full and I didn't bring my laptop with me. I mean, just <clears throat> there's millions of things that you could do uh, wrong. So just make sure that you're doing it because one, one beautiful thing about art is that, and filmmaking is art, uh, is that you don't need an audience for it. You can just do it. So um, just continue practicing, um, you know, maybe make some inspirational videos for yourself, go out in nature, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. And then from there, um, you know, start pitching yourself, you know, if, some, if someone's getting married, hey, you know, I would love to shoot your wedding for you. Um, if there's a local business, like a little mom and pop shop, give them a huge discounted commercial um, and just be upfront with them. You know, I'm getting back into this. I would love to shoot a commercial for you guys. Would you, would you give me the opportunity? Uh, maybe work out a trade with them or something like that. And then just keep building from there. I'm always like a small step person. So my advice is always yeah. gonna be like, just like go a little bit and a little bit. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. I have yeah. uh, my little yearly mantra is 1% better. I don't have yeah. to do incredibly better. I just have to get a little bit farther ahead than I was last year or something like that or the previous month. So just keep slowly moving forward. Which is great because when you pass away, when you're like in your 90s, you'll be like 95. You didn't quite make it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <clears throat> not quite 100%. Other people get into the business in various different ways and they're not all, and I don't think you should be, a director or producer or writer or one of the above the line people, one of the big dogs. People want to, and every time they tell me that they want to, I deeply ask them why. Uh, is it you know just control of creative control? Is it you know they really see it in a different light and they really want to put that, or are they really good with communicating with people, um, or is there a specific genre that they're just really tied into? So I try to get them to really dig in and figure out what that reason for themselves is, not for me. I don't really care. I just want to make sure that they have a strong reason for pursuing that because not everybody is going to be that. Not everyone can be that. Uh, there are so many other opportunities in filmmaking. I say every job you have out in the real world, you can have in filmmaking. And we need those people in filmmaking. Yeah. Especially where we're at. We need art people. We need sound people. We need accountants. We need people that know entertainment law and mm -hmm. insurance. And and if you live in a small enough area like we live in, on some Rental level, <laughs> on some level, you're going to have to know how to do almost every, at least the ba the basics of yeah. everything. I'm an actress, but I still, if I need to, could shoot and f shoot and edit a video from start to finish, and it be like quality work. Um, because I have self-tapes that I have to do. Um, those need to have good lighting. They need to have a good background. I need to have a good camera. I need good sound for those. And then I have to edit them. Could you imagine the money I would be spending if I wasn't doing all of that on my own and I was paying someone to shoot all my self-tapes for me? Um, and then when I get on set, I'm fully aware of what's going on around me and I know how I can make the sound guy's e job easier. I can make the lighting easier. I can make costuming and hair and makeup easier for those people. And then they're going to want to have me back because I'm a pro, right? Especially so, in our area <laughs> on smaller sets where you have to multitask. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you do get on mm -hmm. set and someone's 
the sound guy and the set photographer. <laughs> yeah, I tell people I'm a producer, but then they're like, hey, can you run sound? Can you do lights? Can you act? I was like, what, what, what? Yeah, and I think sure. the, the biggest <laughs> thing that I've seen in maybe, I'm not gonna say like the younger generation, but with people just getting started out, is there's this like fear that um, if I let people know that I can run sound, then they're never gonna let me be a DP. There's nothing wrong with letting people know that you have other skill sets because all you're doing is you're contributing to the community as a whole. Um, what was my point? Oh. Well, that said, I mean, yeah. if you do one of the roles that are hard to find, that's why a lot of people get keep getting asked because it's like, mm -hmm. we, I don't know anybody else that can do yeah. sound. Right. So if you are interested in sound or something like that, you can just, you can fully be employed because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no one around. Right, but also don't be upset with people yeah when you come up to them as a 22, 23 year old and you're like, I want to be a director and they're like, cool, PA for us for a little while. I mean, you have to, that's, there's nothing wrong. Even as, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you're just getting started, there is a clear path into, in the film industry, which is cool in some way, if you're someone like me who like stretch your I like being. I do too, it's fun. I know I'm a really good PA, that's why. I'm a good PA too. <laughs> It's just so important that you don't like balk when people ask you to do other things or when people say, um, I know that there's this stigma right now, especially with like our generation and younger of like, you know, getting a job where someone's like, yeah, we're a family here, we all do everything. But when you're just starting out in the film industry, it's, it's, it's like that and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, as long as everyone's being upfront about what the project is, as long as they're not being sketchy with contracts, as long as they're letting you know upfront uh, what the pay is and as long as the pay is reasonable um, and they're not asking anything like insane of you, there's nothing wrong with the DP also being the camera person. It doesn't make the project any less legit. I wanna say that the overall filmmaking community has no problem teaching or answering questions. Mm -hmm. And it is better for you. There have been some risk takers out there and it's paid off sometimes and kind of hurts the system. But overall, <laughs> clear communication of your skill set and what you can and can't do. Yeah. So, uh, they're happy to teach you. So don't be like, I can do absolutely everything. It's good to learn it. Um, but if you really don't know how to run a boom or what a stinger is or anything like that, ask the question, tell them I'm, I'm just getting into this or I'm changing careers or I need to relearn things. It's just like a language. If you don't practice it, you kind of forget some of it. But When I was working in New York, they would call it department hopping. Department hopping. Yeah. <laughs> they would be like, oh, she's a department hopper. I was like, <laughs> not me, but yeah. a friend of mine. <laughs> and it's like, even if you're like the most experienced um, I keep saying sound, but if you're the most experienced sound person and you want to get into lighting, you can almost have to start at PA again. You have some experience, you'll move up quickly probably, but you kind of have to start from the bottom again just to make sure that you're not messing things up for other people mm -hmm. um, and also safety is... Safety, I think, yeah, yeah, for sure is probably the most important thing. I mean, you can't just show up on set and start touching things. <laughs> like, you could kill someone. Yeah. Or even just hurt yourself with picking yeah. up a C-stand in, in the wrong way. Um, okay. Simple little things. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your fingers crushed. That's what happens yeah, most of the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of different ways to get into it. You know, transitioning through your job or just joining a, a community, you know, going through the school path, um, hopping on, or just like calling up 
local ad agencies or video production companies and say, hey, I'm trying to get into this. Again, be totally honest with your skill set. Mm -hmm. um, they may have some projects that are less risky that they can probably bring you in on and teach you. Um, I've done that with several people myself. I tell the client, hey, is it okay if I bring someone on I'm trying to teach? And they are totally aware of the situation and someone comes on and they know I'm gonna step to the side for a second to kind of talk to them. You gotta, they don't care, it's totally fine. There are tech people in this, just to call you guys out, or not call you out, <laughs> to give you a shout out. Yeah. You don't have to be artsy to be in this field. Uh, not everybody should be, because um, not, not everyone can be the director or whatever. We need tech people, we need office people, we need sales people, we need, you know, so if you are any of any other kind of mind, don't think like, oh, I can't dance. You don't have to, there are other ways, other ways you do the Cupid Shuffle so you can't dance. So there are other ways to get into this field without having to be the artistic type. Well, and so many jobs that people don't even think of, like you said, accountants and lawyers and yeah. things like that, but also like caterers, um, set designers and set builders. We need carpenters. We need uh, costumers is kind of an obvious one, but seamstresses and, you know, painters. I mean, there's just so many things that people don't even think about. And that's why it's, um, you know, right now there's so, so much of a push to move the film industry into smaller towns to create jobs for the, the population and people think, oh, that's not a job for me. But if you work in the food industry, it, you could be a caterer. You know, if you yeah. are a painter, you could be a painter. You know, I mean, there's so many, there's just so many things that people don't even consider. I mean, it's almost like a whole world in and of yeah. itself. There's, most of my work is just interviews with people, business owners. And that's not particularly the artsy side of Filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we try to make it artsy. We try to get the nice lens. We try to get the good lighting and clear sound and try to make it, you know, tell their story as much as we can. But ultimately, it's not that sexy of a job. No. It's just a company interview talking about right. their cleaning supplies. Like, good. Or their. Right. I've done a cardboard manufacturing company. <laughs> just like, <laughs> what? I don't know. Some of it's not. So glamorous. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes you do get. But they those, have the like, most money. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes you do get those artsy projects, like. Um, and you get psyched about it, yeah. And you get psyched about it, yeah. I worked for a summer camp for the longest time. I was, uh, I just worked as regular summer staff, and then I was their staff videographer, um, and then I moved away and came back, and now I'm doing a lot of commercials for them. But I'm getting the opportunity to make really artsy, like nature commercials. And it's so much fun. I'm really enjoying it. So every now and then you'll get projects that really psych you up, psych you out, make yeah. you excited. <laughs> <laughs> One thing through all of this is that you can't just join a Facebook group and expect to get on something, mm -hmm. um, even if you do have experience. Like, rarely does that really follow through. If people don't know you, you need to be out in the community group, out in the production world. Uh, you need to make your face known. If there are people you're trying to call up, make sure you call them up or email them every three months so you can stay top of mind. It doesn't mean that they don't want to get you on. They may not have something on for you right now. So stay top of mind with them. Don't bug them, but stay top of mind. But just be active. Like um, There may be other things that you see in there that are events or even like one-off classes that people can jump on, I mean, you've done some of those classes. Mm -hmm. Both taught and yeah. taken them, yeah. Um, I think that they're fantastic in some ways if 
the person has credibility, if there's someone who other people are recommending to you, if they, if they come highly recommended, um, take the class, you know, if it's ridiculously expensive and it's not in your budget, okay, maybe next time you can catch it. Um, but there's nothing wrong with just learning a little bit more. And if it's, a, if it's a creative thing and there's like a method or a technique or whatever, just use your best discernment. I always tell, you know, I'm, I'm coming from an acting background, so I'm a huge component or proponent. I'm a huge proponent of, you know, you've got a tool belt and all the different acting techniques are your tool belt. So you've got your Meisner, your Stanislavski, your Alexander, your Chekhov, your Uta Hagen, your Adler. Um, and anyone Zinke. who, <laughs> and anyone who, you know, says, oh, Meisner is the only way to go. They're probably not someone that you should be learning from because there's no way that there's only one way to do anything, right? Um, so just, just being really discerning with people like that. Um, if they come and they say, hey, I recognize other techniques, but I only teach Meisner. That's a different story. Um, so coming from an acting technique or acting background, because a lot of these workshops that do come through are for actors, um, take them uh, and then just decide, you know, you can take little pieces of it. You know, this works for me, but this doesn't work for me. And that's okay. Again, there's not one right way to do it. Um, but then you have other workshops like writers, uh, workshops for writers. I mean, there's classes at the library. I mean, there's so many things out there in libraries and counties and cities are getting so much more um, funding for this type of stuff. Like I think our library has like a podcast room. It's got like a green screen. And yeah, you're not gonna be able to use that to like build a business, but you can go in there and play around with it and learn how to use some of those things. So see what resources that your library is providing for you, see what your local theater is doing. Um, there's just so many opportunities. And then there's online classes. Go to Eventbrite. A lot of, a lot of studios offer free sample classes. Um, so take the free sample class. You don't have to sign up afterwards, you know? Um, maybe you learned something, maybe you didn't. Worst case scenario, you wasted an hour. I mean, so there's little things like that, but I don't think that investing tons and tons of money on doing all of these casting director workshops um, or these, you know, fancy Hollywood people who are teaching these online classes and charging $1,500 a month for them. That's not in my budget personally, so that's not something I would do or recommend. Yeah, I think there's such a deep dive in each category of filmmaking that you could get into mm -hmm. that you really don't want to just jump feet first into anything. You want to just go to the smorgasbord, sample everything as much as you can. One, that gives you a more robust training, mm -hmm. but also um, you don't have to spend $15,000 in camera equipment to get started. You can just rent some equipment and just kind of do a few little test runs here and there, or you can take a class in screenwriting and see if that's something for you. Um, Really just try out as much as you can before uh, hand and don't put a ton of investment until you are absolutely sure. And even then, like once you're sure, you've got the deep dive into, okay, what kind of genre um, do I like to do? Or what, um, if I am a camera operator, do I, am I a stabilizer or am I good on jib? Or if I'm action cam or I don't know, just, just yeah. I'm saying things that... <laughs> 
And make me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> If you're spending lots of money on these little workshops, maybe ask yourself, would it be worth it to just go ahead and pay a little bit more money to go to the PA Academy or um, a session at like Atlanta Film Society or if you live somewhere like near New York or LA, um, you know, and figuring out maybe I do take a course at the local community college. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm this interested in it and I'm finding myself spending all this money um, it might be more feasible to just go ahead and pay kind of a chunk of change to take like an actual accredited course. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Well, even just being a PA on set, you can kind of see like, hey, that looks interesting. That's mm -hmm. kind of slightly piquing my interest. Go be a PA on that for a little bit. Just try it out. I um, think that there's very little that you're going to learn. And I think you're going to learn so much more just from being on set yeah. than you will in a workshop. Um, now, if you're going to a college or a school that's giving you hands-on experience and they're letting you be on set and have that, then okay, you're still on set. But um, if you're paying for these like in the classroom kind of classes where people are talking, yeah. I would recommend just getting on set. I want to recommend one more option <clears throat> that really is, it's a free option, totally helpful in every single aspect because it's just tips and tricks and stuff you should and get to know is listening to the Indie Film Hub podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's our goal is that we want you guys to have some free education on actual practical tips and information on all sorts of conversations around the filmmaking industry for the indie world um, to be able to jump in, learn something new, see if that's interesting you, or if you are, maybe even even if you are a professional doing this all the time, maybe you'll still learn a trick or two, but um, we don't want to have people come on and tell their stories about how they got in the film industry. We want you guys to learn something and uh, to be able to take it from it and put it on set and apply it and use it. So that's our hope. Um, yeah, and find you know people in your life that are going to mentor you um, that are going to be positive influences. Um, and if you're in this area, we would love for you to join us because um, we have several fantastic people who are excited about mentoring people in our group. Um, but our hope is that you find someone in your area. Yeah. If you have any questions, you can go to our YouTube page and comment, or you can go to our website, indiefilmhub.net, and check that out. And uh, yeah, I think this will be on Spotify. I don't know if you can leave comments there. I haven't actually uploaded stuff yet. So we'll figure that out next episode. But there are ways to comment us. You can also email us at hello.indiefilmhub at gmail.com. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in for the first episode. We hope you liked it. <laughs> uh, we're going to figure this out a little bit more. And uh, we have lots of great episodes coming up um, with some other people in our community that we got to meet through community building. So love it. Talk to you guys later. Bye.